weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and a shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low-mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of SATSA, Fedhaza and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Well, who would have thought nine days before Christmas and the end of 2022? It's just been one of those years that has flown at the speed of light. And I'm sure that a lot of people will agree with us. But certainly we are ending in some respects on a better note than last year. You will remember that last year and the previous year were particularly difficult years for us. We... um, almost didn't know we were, whether we were going to be able to spend Christmas with our families and loved ones. But here we are celebrating and maybe with a bit more candlelight than we would have anticipated. But yes, well done. We've reached the end of 2022. And as we reach the end of 2022, our conversation relates to what is the roundup that's happening in the creative industries? What can we look forward to? And what is that crux that is holding the tourism and hospitality sectors together? What is the skill that's going to help us to navigate to the next point where we build capacity and we create sustainable jobs? So we're going to be having some interesting conversations, but we're kicking off with Simon Hirohiradin, who started her career at Artscape in 2000. And I remember Simon from those times, it was a transition time when the name changed from the Nico Milan to Artscape had just happened. And somehow Simon has always been synonymous with Artscape and started her career as the PA to the then Director of Audience Development, Marlene LaRue. And the two of them have obviously walked a very interesting journey together because here now, as we stand, Simon is heading up the marketing department and is responsible for many things, including stakeholder management and communications. So Simone is quite a talented young lady. She is what she calls a polyglot and is fluent in English, Afrikaans and French. And judging from how fashionable and, and how slim Simone is, her absolute passions are salsa and gym and the disco era. Simone, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show with us this afternoon. Janet, it's a pleasure to be on the show and keep that reference to the young lady, please. Yes, I knew you would approve, definitely so. (laughs) So Simone, I mean, my goodness, I didn't even realize, you know, you just have always been present when it comes to Artscape, 
there's a few personalities, yours being one of them. That face has been that face, the continuous presence at Artscape for many, many years. And now that Marlene is taking some much needed rest, I think that you are the queen of the castle currently, right? Apparently so. Yeah, you know, and my my history with Marlene actually goes prior to 2000 when she was chairperson of the Alliance Francaise de Mitchell's Plan and I was the cultural co coordinator and she was the chairperson of the council. So actually, I started out my career in the arts with the Alliance Francaise and being the cultural coordinator. That's how I met Marlene, through my languages. Amazing, amazing. I remember the Alliance Francaise in Durban. I was doing French. And I wanted to improve my conversation moyen so that I could have better conversations. <laughs> and they were in this beautiful building. And I went for the film and the, the snacks, honestly. The film was the best. And just the engagement with others who were speaking the same language. So a wonderful organization. And um, that uh, French flair has followed you because now you're head of marketing at Artscape, and you're here to tell us about the festive program for 2022. What can we expect to see at the theatre? Um, yes, absolutely, Janet. And as you've mentioned in your um, uh, introduction, you know, the tough times that we've been through that last Christmas, we weren't even too sure, and even the Christmas before that, whether we're going to spend it with our families and our loved ones. And what is so poignant about this December and, and having a full house with the production, The Nutcracker, which is currently on at Artscape in the Opera House until the 23rd, and tickets are selling very fast, is that last year, not, The Nutcracker opened on the 7th of December, and last year on the 7th of December, we had to make, in conjunction with Cape Town City Ballet, we had to make the unfortunate choice of uh, shutting down the ballet and the opera house for a period as Omicron hit us and South Africa got all this negative and bad publicity. So first of all, a huge thank you to our patrons and our audience who have held our hand throughout this entire trying period of the past two and a half years, who were there for us, who sent us letters and messages of encouragement, who still supported the theatre and the arts in general and made it the theatre of choice. So as said, the Nutcracker, opened on the 7th, is up, it's on until the 23rd of December. Tickets are selling fast, as I said, it's available by Compi Ticket or by Artscape Dialer Seed on 021-421-7695, and I'll obviously repeat that at the end of the interview. The other production that we have on for this festive season is the phenomenal musical Starcrossed. It's an original musical, and it was inspired by the life of South Africa's most eccentric daughters, Elizabeth Clara. And this is a true story because she claimed that she was abducted by an alien from the foothills of the Drakensberg and transported to a utopian planet in the Alpha Centauri system and then had a child with an alien lover. Now, it's based on the story, but the musical itself is fictionalized um, around a love story, an interracial, or as it would be seen in those days, an interracial love story between these two characters um, in the in the Drakensberg on the uh, spotting of the hill, spotting these alien productions. I went to the, to the opening on Saturday the 10th. It is an original, a first world premiere for South Africa, for the world, written by uh, Fred Abramser and Marcel Mayer. 
it is really a production that needs to be supported and be seen. It's absolutely magical. It is in the small theater, which is our 120-seater arena, but that does not detract from the magnificence that the musical is. So that's what we have on. Quite a diverse offering from large scale, yeah. big nutcracker production to an intimate, um, quirky love story. Absolutely. And also, we also, this weekend, we also have for the kiddies, well, not even for the kiddies, for the basically the newborn and the toddlers, we have opera blocks. So this is an initiative by Cape Town Opera to introduce opera to babies from 18 months to 24 months old and toddlers up to about three years old to introduce them for the love of opera and for the love of music, music in general. There are three shows every single day um, on, until Saturday and Sunday. Simon, that sounds wonderful. I love that we are developing new audiences and who would have thought to introduce young, young people, toddlers actually, to the opera. And I think that it is just fabulous that we are starting to think about developing future audiences and developing future performers and appreciators of the arts. So quite a nice diverse offering at Artscape for this festive season, the Nutcracker, one of those must-sees holiday productions. If we don't catch it on the big screen, as we sometimes do, then definitely in live theatre. And the beauty of a love story in an intimate space like the small 120-seater it's just perfect to experience star crust. And then for those uh, young, young appreciators of the opera is three performances per day um, with the Cape Town Opera. Simon, is that it? Is that a wrap? Have I wrapped that up and summed it up adequately for you? Yeah, that's absolutely a wrap for the for the festive season, but we also have exciting productions for 2023. I'm already exhausted, but you know that good exhaustion that I can't wait for all of these productions um, um, to occur at Artscape as we return back fully back to normal now. Well, I was very fortunate to have an insight into what those productions are looking like, and we are certainly looking forward to seeing you at the theatre. Absolutely. Um, uh, just to mention some of them, it's uh, the, the Ballet Cinderella, Cunele and the King with John Carney. I mean, who does not oh, want to see a production with John Carney? John Carney. Absolutely. You know, John, John Carney. Um, later, later on, we've got a letter to Azania, you know, another one of our great Standiswa Mazwai that mm -hmm. will be performing that. And just uh, in the confirmed just about three days ago, Peter Turin is bringing the Buddy Holly story. To Artscape. Oh, Can how, you believe it? How wonderful. Wow. We're going to be spoiled for choice, Simon, and we're certainly going to be seeing lots of us at the theatre. And uh, we're looking forward to the um, 2023 lineup. Simon, I know that uh, being in the arts and especially in the theatre world is a nonstop activity. So I'm wishing you some restful time and lots of happy family time as you wind down 2022. And I hope that you will be taking a break and um, having some parties at Artscape whilst Marlene is away. I mean, if you've got the keys to the big theatre, you might as well use the place, right? <laughs> well, they, they say when the cat's away, hey, the mice come out to play. Now, I'm well, definitely Marlene taking will completely approve if you have a liquor jaw there. So it's just all in order. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all the best, yeah. Iman. Thank you so much for Thank joining Thank you us. very much, Janet. Thanks for the interview. Have a good day further and goodbye to everybody. Thanks, Chad, for all the assistance. Bye. Bye-bye.
Hello, Razia. Welcome to Jet Setting with Janet. It's such a pleasure to have you all the way from the Thank West you. Coast on our program. Thank you. It's a big pleasure. So we're chatting to Razia today because, you know, it's that time. We're just a few days away from the trick results. Young people are standing there on the precipice wondering where to from here. Others are graduating and looking for, you know, what's our next spot? Are we taking a gap year? Are we looking for new jobs? Where it's just that time of the year where young people are really, you know, it's their moment. It's a time of a lot of stress, but it's also a time of a lot of opportunity. And who better to speak to than Razia Hamza? She is the deputy deputy CEO of the West Coast College, but she holds a few other very interesting portfolios, clearly showing a lot of leadership. She is um, also chairing the Tibet Marketing and Communications Forum of the Northern and the Western Capes. And she is the chairperson chairperson of the Western Cape Word Skills South Africa Subcommittee. Razia, that's a lot of things that you are juggling. I'm uh, just wondering how you're managing to do all of this in your already busy schedule, but we will hear about that in a moment. Besides all of that, Razia is, um, is a wife and mother to a very promising rising provincial hockey star, Malika Hamza. And those of you who follow the hockey world will know Malika very well. She's uh, always outperforming herself and proving herself great, you know, greatly positioned to, to really look at possibly in the future some kind of sports scholarship. But Razia will tell us more. Razia, it's a pleasure to have you. It's great to have a chat with someone from the education sector. I think that's a, this is a first for us on the show. So we'd love to hear, it's the end of the year, what is the buzz like at West Coast College? Thank you, Janet, for this wonderful opportunity. Um, and uh, and I look forward to, you know, just engaging you on this topic. Um, I think we, in terms of the, the buzz right now, is as you rightfully said, you know, everyone is thinking holidays and partying and really having a good time as we as the as the festive season commences in, in all earnest. I think the the big focus, however, we mustn't lose sight of the end goal um, for many of our youth. Um, I think you've just mentioned that as they come out of, um, you know, the last chapter, whether they are completing matric uh, or for those who are still in school. Um, for, all of, for, for all of those students, it's really about, you know, what? What are they going to do when they enter the world of work next year? Or what is the future holding? So, um, in my particular um, portfolio, the focus is really on showcasing what the future holds um, and, and really trying to showcase um, to our youth um, what the potential is. So very often um, when students are deciding um, in terms of what they want to do with their lives, you know, uh, it's a really about where they, their capabilities lie. Um, or what interests them the most, or what they think to be fashionable at a given point in time. Um, but for us, it's it's something a little bit different. It's about, yes, matching your skill set and matching um, where your interest lies to what is the future, what does the future hold? 
Um, and, and I think that is critically important. Um, gone are the days we, you, um, you know, we, you, we, we becoming a lawyer or a teacher, um, is the, the be all. Um, so we, we tend to think that cushy job, government jobs or going to, um, uh, going into becoming a doctor or lawyer, it, that is where it starts and ends. And we all, most of our youth aspire towards that. But we, we forget to ask a very critical question, and which is, um, where are the jobs of the future? If you look at most of our youth go into, um, they start their careers in, for example, the retail industry, or they go into the hospitality in industry and, and work at um, places like McDonald's or KFC, etc., what we are seeing is that um, those traditional entry-level jobs are becoming a thing of the past. If you go into McDonald's now, as an example, um, much of it is self. There's a self-service option, um, and that job that was done by our youth is no longer there. Um, even I think um, that's quite a, If I may, Razia, I think that's quite a significant point because we're facing a future of artificial intelligence and everything Absolutely. is digitized. There's a bot for every process. So those uh, fail-safe jobs are no longer there. And I think Nick. that, um, you know, with your involvement in innovation, I think it's a, a good positioning for you to be able to guide young people as to what options they are. I mean, we now live in a world of drones. So a drone operator or a, an engineer would be a possible position uh, because I see that doctors themselves and lawyers are even offering advice and dispensing, doing virtual um, consults because that is the way that of the future, COVID taught us to be more tech savvy. And, uh, you know, uh, you sort of self you self-diagnose and then you you tell your doctor what your symptoms are and it's uh, it's it's a new world that we find ourselves in Razia and as we find ourselves in this new world you know tourism has this picture of being a soft industry uh, as being a soft skill it's the thing that people do when they don't have other choices but the tourism sector is key critical because it is really the food basket of South Africa, we generate a huge amount of money and we create millions of jobs in the sector. And the question that I have for you is why is the tourism industry so important in the Western Cape? Um, I think the, the, the biggest, as I said earlier, one needs to focus on where is the growth trajectory? Uh, where is um, the, the scarcity? And if you look at tourism um, as one of the key industries of the Western Cape, all investment um, from local government as well as your provincial government is directed to expanding the tourism industry amongst others. So at this given point in time, um, about 5% of jobs are directly uh, contributed by the tourism industry. And so it is important that if that industry is to grow, we need to have skilled people coming into the industry that can take it to the next level. Um, what we find, it's as you say, very often students are um, attracted to, to the industry because the, of the perceived um, 
uh, advantages that there are. I mean, in the tourism industry, you are able to travel, you are able to meet um, um, lots of people. Um, it gives you the scope to travel um, abroad, etc. So it's a very culturally uh, rich industry. Um, and what we find is that, that that is what is attracting students. However, um, within any trade, within any uh, um, industry, if we want to ensure that that uh, increase in, in numbers, especially from um, um, our international visitors, is secured, we will have to up our game. That means that we need um, people who are trained in customer service, who are able to uh, not only provide direct services, but also indirect services. Because the one thing that we have is that we have this natural beauty in the in the Cape. Um, but the key to all of this is trying to make sure that we have returning visitors, that visitors stay along, stays um, in the country longer, in the city longer, and that it becomes a really enriched activity. So for that reason, we have to make sure that when they arrive, they're getting the best possible service. Um, and that requires capacity building and training and um, putting the customer first at all times. You know, Razia, it is such a key industry um, and the link between tourism and hospitality is, is a causal link. It's really, we can say that tourism is the front line of the country because you come here to experience it. You don't come to South Africa hoping to have a deep political conversation. You come to experience all the amazing resources and the natural wonders that we have in our country. And we are really heavily resourced, very well resourced, because we have so many natural offerings. We have game lodges. Um, we have beautiful mountain amazing weather, wide open spaces. And I think that pre-COVID, we were a popular destination, but post-COVID, people are looking for wide open spaces. And what better place to come to with wide open spaces than South Africa itself? Because you can travel for kilometers and kilometers and you're just in open country, which is, I think, for a lot of people who've been landlocked, who've been on lockdown, who've been under restriction. It's very attractive, our destination. Absolutely. Um, I think um, the the Cape really offers uh, quite a diversity um, of, you know, there's quite a diverse offering available. So very often um, Cape Town is synonymous with Table Mountain, the beautiful beaches, etc. But uh, there are other elements or aspects that one must consider. Uh, we are culturally rich, so we can offer that diverse, um, you know, that diversity, whether it is a township tour. Uh, or um, exposure to to um, areas such as the Bukap, uh, all Saldana for that matter. But then you also have the Koi, um, you know, the Koi heritage that we can and that that we can draw on, um, and even for that matter, your the whole area around art and design, uh, which is a, a big draw card, um, you know, internationally. I think what the Cape offers um, is that completely unique uh, experience that you won't necessarily find elsewhere. Um, one of the biggest 
for example, one of the biggest draw cards at the at the moment is your um the the tours to the shrines, and it's drawing an international audience that we that that we um that we that is set to grow exponentially. So that is really very unique, um, and you will not find that anywhere else. So I think what we are currently doing is trying to showcase what is available, um, and and getting our youth to identify those unique opportunities and and bring that to the world. Thank you, Razia. I just have a few key things that I want to discuss with you before we wrap. I have a question around, uh, I mean, I alluded to COVID-19 and the pandemic uh, very briefly, but I want to ask how you believe tourism has adapted and changed after the pandemic. I think that for many industries, the focus was always on the international tourist prior to COVID. Um, and uh, if you look at the stats currently, uh, we we took a big dip in terms of how many international tourists were, were visiting the country. Obviously, during COVID, you had to adapt to die, which meant that you needed to diversify your offerings. You needed to look at the local market. Um, and, and draw in those, um, draw in those, uh, crowds specifically. And I think what COVID has taught us is, uh, is to rejuvenate as a business, is to, um, to, to diversify your offerings, um, and to really look at creating versions of tourism for the local market that is attractive. Um, if you look at, for example, um, uh, the, 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 the West Coast, uh, or, or for that matter, any of the areas. It's, it's how do we attract locals to the, to, to our industries, to our communities, um, and, um, making sure that the money or the economy is stimulated, uh, just by, by that trade. And I think, uh, very often we, we are focused so much on, um, the international audience that we forget or neglect the locals. And what COVID well, there has certainly been, has been a reappreciation for the domestic market. I Absolutely. think a lot of money went into strategy for international tourists, but um, we didn't quite quantify the value of the domestic market. So it's um, it's great that we're now starting to focus inward. And before we close, Razia, I just want to ask, what would you say to anyone on our show listening in who would actually like to be part of the tourism industry? Why should they study tourism and why should they become part of this sector? I think that the tourism industry is quite exciting, quite rewarding. Um, and that if you want to consider a career, whether it be um, hospitality or tourism, it's definitely something that can be considered. Um, it's, it's, it creates wonderful opportunities for our youth who want to travel, who want to um, get to know people and, um, you know, just have that culturally enriched experience. So I think that there are lots of colleges, um, particularly in the Western Cape, your TVET colleges uh, um, provide a platform uh, where students can study in this particular direction. Um, or these in these two industries, which um, which uh, you know work uh, together, um, and it creates a really a great springboard uh, for them for the future. Very wise words there, Razia. It's been most interesting chatting. I think that um, 
you know, everything from destination marketing to customer service and that whole tourism value chain, even as far as event management and finance is uh, all part of what the tourism curriculum actually covers. And it's great to get it straight from you at a senior level in this space. And I hope that there are young people listening in who can consider tourism as a career option. It really would be phenomenal to have more young people enter the sector. Razia, all the best to you and your family as you head towards the festive season. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Janet and Chad. And uh, we look forward to jet setting with you always. Thank you, Razia. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. One cannot think Christmas without thinking of all the amazing markets that we are exposed to. It's almost as if Christmas brings out the creativity in everybody around us. And it's a great opportunity to go and shop local and spend your money where you know exactly where it's going. And so the Christmas market has grown in stature and especially in the Western Cape with so many creatives in our space. We are very pleased because we are able to shop for unusual items. And chatting to us today is Jenny Brasington, who's the owner and market coordinator of the Pinelands Christmas Market. Jenny, a warm welcome to you. Hi, thank you so much. A pleasure to be here. And I see that in keeping with all things Christmas and family, that this is a family market run by yourself and your daughters. And, uh, you know, I would love to hear what I can expect to see at this market. Yeah, for sure. So the Pylons Craft and Gift Fair, this is our 11th year, and each year it grows. Uh, And this year particularly, what strikes me is when you enter into the grounds of the market, so you're coming into the Pinelands High School of Forest Drive, and the first thing you see is this beautiful pop-up nursery with trees and shrubs and beautiful flowers and succulents. And then you wind your way into the metalwork little pop-up shop, and then you find yourself coming into the fruit and veg section of the market and the coffee shop, Smithy's Coffee Shop, And then afterwards, you will sort of wind your way in and in the hall, you'll find all the arts and crafts. And on the stage is also the pop-up shop for Alette from Philadelphia. She's got a little boutique there. So once you're in the hall, there's so much to see. And honestly, gifts for all ages, variety from 200 crafters and I'm told that it's one of the most relaxed environments to shop for Christmas um, with beautiful upbeat market uh, music. And um, then once in the hall, you can also taste um, a selection of salamis and meats and cheeses. So it's just a lovely environment to be in. It really does sound wonderful, Jenny, and it sounds quite festive. I heard you mention 200 crafters or 200 traders. It's quite a mission to coordinate everybody. I'd just love to hear what is that admin? What does that admin look like for you? And do you plan this year Christmas for next year? How does it work? Yeah, for sure. It is an ongoing um, 
an ongoing admin sort of mission throughout the year, but it's beautiful because it's a selection process which happens around about May of each year where crafters bring their goods to showcase and there are a number of different categories from which to choose. And after making a selection, uh, we were left with 200 crafters. And what's so beautiful is that every item is barcoded and then the, custo the customers would come in with their trolleys and just enjoy an up and down the aisles and no pressure if they see something which strikes them they would be able to put their first choice back. And then, you know, no one is really pressurizing them into buying anything. They can simply walk around with freedom and then they get to the till point, their four till points. And yeah, everything is scanned. And, um, but yeah, the choice is endless from children's way up to, to clothing and jewelry. I mean, it's amazing what crafters can make. Um, some of the goodies components are imported, so that's why it's a craft and gift fair. And, yeah, there's a lot to choose from. I'm told that the the prices are really good and affordable. You know, you're coming, to, the market, yeah, you're coming to buy a lot of gifts for your families. You want to be able to buy something for everyone, so it is affordable. And it's free, and there's secure parking, it's just a lovely environment, and I'm noticing people come back. We open for 18 days. People come back three, four times um, during the market. Yeah, it's lovely. I love it. Come and visit. <laughs> that sounds wonderful, Jenny. I certainly will do that. Do you have activities at your market as well? So if parents are coming to shop and they bring children around, are there things to keep them occupied? Yeah, so it's lovely to actually walk with the children um, up and down the aisles. But yeah, if you're wanting to buy surprises for Christmas, then they can wait um, with a parent or so in the sort of rest coffee room area. We do have little kiddies activities. Um, definitely, they can. Yeah, there's <laughs> a number of activities you'll see, and. Yeah, and we do welcome little doggies as long as they are on a lead or even are um, picked up. But um, this, the Pinelands High School is such a beautiful venue and, and it just um, is lots of ground where you can have a walk around and feel, uh, sort of feel so relaxed. I love it. It's really nice. <laughs> Wonderful, Jenny. It sounds really like not just a place to go shopping, but a, a spot to get something to eat and just, you know, uh, a different kind of mall experience. But no, no, definitely. It's, it's, it has become, it's, yeah, sorry, it has become a tradition for so many and it's on their thing to do in December. Um, you know, I noticed that I recognize people coming back each year and it's just, yeah, they must do in December. It's lovely. So, yeah, I would choose this definitely over a more chaotic uh, mall situation. It's really a lovely environment to come and do your Christmas or end of year shopping. So there's so much to choose from, such a variety, and don't miss it. We run right until the 22nd of December. We open on Sundays, public holidays, and we close each evening at 5, no, at 7, except on weekends at 5. 
Fantastic, Jenny. Well, it sounds like you've done a nice roundup of what the market has to offer. It really sounds like a lot of work has gone into making this a very special and consistently good market, Jenny. We wish you well over the festive time and um, we will see you at the market. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Bye-bye. As we head into the public holiday tomorrow, it also marks the beginning of the Cape Town summer market. And following a two-year break, the Cape Town summer market is now back at the company gardens. It's one of those experiences that we remember. They have been running for two decades now, and uh, or more than two decades, if I remember correctly. And it is it has become something of an institution in the Western Cape. And the city just brings together its cosmopolitan and diverse offerings of Cape Townian food, products, and fun activities. And this year, there are 150 stalls, live entertainment, lots of fun activities, even a car show and a singing competition called the Summer Star, which people look forward to greatly. Uh, of course, we know that Cape Townians are soccer mad, so there will be a big screen to broadcast the FIFA World Cup final on Sunday, and that wouldn't detract from a visit to the market. In fact, it would actually improve the experience because you get to celebrate with the entire city. And joining us this afternoon to tell us about the Cape Town Summer Market is Alderman James Foss. After a two-year pause, we are more than ready to host the fantastic Cape Town Summer Market from 16 to 20 December between 4pm and 10pm at the iconic Companies Gardens. With over 150 stalls to choose from, whatever your taste or preference, we have something for everyone. The designs, crafts, cuisine and locally made products will have you coming back for more. We have an incredible lineup of Cape Town's favourite artists, including Manila Vontese, Loki Rothman, Jared Ricketts and many more. And don't worry about missing out on the Soccer World Cup final on 18 December because we've got you covered with a live broadcast. We host this market to create economic opportunities, especially for traders, entrepreneurs and small businesses and give locals and visitors a terrific time at one of our best locations. An entrance is free. Please support the Cape Town Summer Market and experience our beautiful city filled with amazing people and tremendous possibilities. So whilst we have the Cape Town Summer Market and many other markets happening all over the Western Cape, we ask that as you do your shopping, you follow the usual rules of the road, you stay safe, you keep your personal belongings safely with you, and uh, don't litter as you go around these public spaces. I think it's an important thing to note because it's a huge administration to have the city clean up around us. But then Cape Townians, we know, are very conscious of these things. And I'm sure that they're going to be taking good care and not littering our beautiful city, which we all love and appreciate. Um, besides that, it's also the launch of these beautiful, friendly little pocket guides, which proves that as we engage the domestic market, that Cape Town really is ready for local visitors. And there are some wonderful inexpensive activities and experiences. There's also a big push towards making Cape Town accessible and tourism accessible. And that is everything from pricing but disabled access spaces 
and sell the city together with the official destination marketing organization, Cape Town Tourism, is really focusing on boosting domestic tourism and highlighting the many pocket-friendly experiences the mother city has to offer. So as we wind down, this is our last show for 2022. We ourselves are taking a little holiday and some time to resuscitate and rejuvenate and come back and bring you more exciting and immersive, wonderful bucket list experiences all over the, our beautiful country on Jet Setting with Janet. Uh, we wish you all, all our listeners, happy holidays and great and fun time with family. So to my Jet Setting with Janet team, a very big thank you for all of the great work that you have put in this year. It's truly appreciated. It's been such a bumper year for us. We've gone to hidden gems and mainstream experiences. And I think that, you know, when one takes a journey, it's not just the journey that is important, but the people that you take along with you. So to my team, a big thank you. And to our listeners, a huge thank you for tuning in to listen to Jet Setting with Janet. Keep jet setting. It is the best weather and the best time of the year to jet set. So wherever you jet setting to, I wish you happy holidays and great time with family. This weekly travel program, Jet Setting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.